Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 337. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today we got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey Kevin. Hey. Uh, this week on the show we'll be talking about It Chapter 2. We'll also be talking about someone watching on the watch list, going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember to please consider reviewing us on iTunes if you get a chance. That would be amazing. Uh, just a couple bits of housekeeping. No Ryan watches a movie this week. Kevin, you were at the beach. How was your beach vacation? I was beaching it up. It's fantastic. Chilling, maxing, and relaxing? Oh, my God. You have no idea. I need a vacation. So much free time. It's great. Reading books, eating out, drinking cocktails, laying on the beach. Oh, oh. I'm jealous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next week, we are not sure if there's going to be a show or not. I will be traveling next week, and I'm, I'm going to try to fit in time to... Well, hey, there's your vacation. There's your vacation. <laughs> not really, You're though. Pennsylvania. Yeah, buddy. It's, it's like a, I'll be in Pennsylvania for a few days, and it's... I don't know. I don't consider are you that a vacation. Are fair? York Fair? Yeah, I am going to the York Fair. Fair. I'm pretty excited about that. Hell yeah. With that, I think we can jump into our review. We're talking about It Chapter 2. I have a synopsis here. 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. This is directed by Andy Muschietti. Stars Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa, Jay Ryan, James Ransom, Bill Skarsgård reprising his role as Pennywise, and then all the kids from the first one are in this as well. All them kids. All them kids. Every single one of them. Now, Kevin, you I remember last week when we talked about this, and and you mm-hmm. were you were bummed. You were like, oh, I want more. I want more time with the kids. You didn't mm-hmm. like you didn't like that that this one was twenty seven years later and they were grown ups. Although you accepted mm-hmm. it, you knew that. That's what they did in the book. That's what they did in the in the original uh, adaptation. So you knew that that was coming. Yeah. But you would prefer to be spending time, more time with these kids. And I think most people would probably agree with you. Now, now that you've seen the movie, there's a lot yeah. of stuff in this movie featuring the kids. Yeah. Do you stand by your original statement of wanting more yeah. of the kids? Yes. Because okay. what I get with the kids here just feels like a rehash. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't 100% remember it, the original, you know, the chapter one, whatever. But it felt like a lot of scenes that I've already seen. Like, it felt like they were the scenes in the first one, and we were just rehashing them. And I'm also not 100% sure what they did entirely with the kids, because there seemed to be a couple of scenes where, like, were they using CGI on the kids' faces? Because they did not look real. Yeah, they definitely were. Now, I haven't looked this up, so I don't know what the story is behind that. And I can't... I'm glad that you brought that up because I was going to. They're, they did something. I don't know if maybe the kids grew up and their voices changed and they were doing something with the voices, but they definitely did something, especially with Eddie. I really noticed it with, with Eddie. Yes, Eddie and uh, Ben. Yeah, there was times where like Ben's whole head was like glowing orange, and it was just like <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that's right. That's not healthy. I don't know what they did. They did something, but there was definitely some CG work happening with these kids. It's yeah. it, it was really jarring. Yes, which which you know points to what it, 
it kind of took me out. Like I was excited to have the kids back. And then I'm like, what's the, like the facsimiles. This is weird. It's very bizarre. It looks so unnatural. Like I, yes, I wanted to spend more time with the kids, but it was kind of like the universe saying, Hey, you asked for it, asshole. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why that was my first question. Like as soon as I came out of the movie, I'm like, Oh man, Kevin really wanted, it seems like a lot of people wanted more time with these kids. And it seems like, the filmmakers knew that people wanted more time with these kids. So they found ways to include the kids uh, as much as the adult versions in this. There's uh, so much of it is there, there's so many flashbacks. And then also what one thing that they did was during the like individual scare scenes, you know, when each, each character has their own little frightening moment, the, their solo moment, they revert back to children. So mm -hmm. you don't see the adult version being scared. You see the child version being scared. And at first I was like, well, the first time it happened, I was like, is this a flashback? And I was like, if so, it doesn't make sense because they were talking about, because it happened. If I, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly, it happened right after they said there was more that happened after the mm -hmm. event. Yeah. So I'm like, so I was thinking that we were seeing more of what happened after they defeated Pennywise the first time. And I'm like, well, if they defeated Pennywise, why are we seeing, why are they still getting scared? Why are these things still happening to them? And then later I realized like, oh no, I think that's the adult version that's seeing these things. And they just like swapped, yeah. swapped them out for the kid because they're being brought back to that time in their life or whatever. And I just didn't think that that really worked. I think it, it would have been better to just have them be the adult version. No. And that's the other problem with the, with the splitting timeline here. Like in, in this movie, like none of it worked for me. It just, it felt weird and it was just a mess. And it's just a downright mess. I a hundred percent agree with you on this. And the, I don't know why, like looking at the, the original movie, the TV movie, uh, I think that they handled it a lot better. Like there were two very distinct halves to the story and the, the second half when they're adults, 27 years later, they just focus on the adults and their situation. And yes, they, I think that there's at least one moment in the TV version. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I think that there was like at least one point when they show them as kids Maybe it was like that scene at the end when they look into the the glass, you know, that, that really mm -hmm. kind of cheesy moment there at the end. Oh, yeah. But for the most part, they stuck with the adult versions. And I think that they would have, I think by shoehorning in the children in this one, it just caused things to become even messier, like the jumping back and forth and like, all of a sudden they're reverting to their childhood forms and all of this stuff. And I just think that it ended up bloating the runtime to a ridiculous degree. Oh. I mean, we're, we're oh, talking two hours and 49 minutes here, according to IMDb. And it just, they could have streamlined the whole thing. Like, I'm sorry. Like I love, I, like I said, I wanted more of the kids too, but they didn't, <laughs> They didn't do it quite right here. I mean, no. I would say, no. I think if they stripped out the kids, it probably would have worked better. 
Well, there's a, there's a lot that they could have stripped out. But going back to like the splitting up the timeline thing, not only is it a mess, but it just messes up the whole rhythm of the movie. Like this movie never seems, and you're talking like you said, two hours forty nine minutes. This movie never seems to get into a rhythm. It's just constantly stopping and starting and stopping and starting. Like it, it's just it's. It felt like there's like 40 editors to this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just a clip show. Yeah, it's really disappointing because I think that all the casting was great for the adults. I think all the performances were great. Uh, I liked a lot of the individual scenes, uh, like when they first all met up at the Chinese restaurant. Uh, there were there were a lot of moments in this that, that I quite enjoyed, but... It, when combining it with everything else as like, a, a, like a whole package, I think that it's just like you said, and like a lot of people are saying on on you know Twitter and stuff, it's a very messy film. Yeah, and I mean you have like a large part of the opening to this film just feels completely off. I mean you have the the very violent gay bashing, which. I, I don't understand the point of that existing. And then like the, everything with Jessica Chastain and her husband just felt kind of forced and just, just the way that it, it played out. Yeah. It felt like a parody. It, it, it did. It did like the, the opening sequence with, uh, with Xavier Dolan, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that was a surprise when he popped up that that scene it did feel it felt unnecessary like i understand that they needed something to indicate that pennywise was back and you know uh something that would indicate to mike that pennywise is back yeah but but at the same time they, you know and again, a lot of this comes down to me never having read the book. So like a lot of these things are perhaps a surprise to me. I don't know how well they stuck to the book, but in that I'm kind of thinking of like Pennywise as a character is like, did he go after adults? I don't really remember that. Yeah. I don't see a thing in the first movie. I mean, I know that he goes after, them as adults i'm pretty sure yeah but, but that's just mostly because they come back to fight right. him yeah so he really has no choice yeah i mean as far as i knew i mean even according to the the lore of the new movie he only goes after children yeah now and and i was thinking about this during that scene specifically like when he was in the water and i'm thinking like didn't he just go after kids? And then I thought, oh, maybe it's the fear. Maybe it was the fear yeah. that brought him to, to to Xavier Dolan, and that's that's why he got caught. But which is insane to think that no one, no one, dairy Maine that's an adult has fear. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> just a Even whole... with kids disappearing all the time, they're just like whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. Go about our day. It's a whole town of tough guys. A bunch of yep. tough guys in that town. <laughs> it's just a bunch of fucking stoic people. 
people, individuals, not giving two shits. And regarding Jessica Chastain's character and, and the the thing with her husband at the beginning, I I don't know if that was in the book or the the original movie. I can't recall. I don't remember seeing that in the original movie, but there were a lot of things that because I remember when Chapter One came out, I watched I rewatched the the original mm-hmm. movie after I saw the chapter one and i and there was like a lot of stuff in that that i was like oh wow that that was in the original movie and i just totally forgot even yeah i mean even if it was that it fits in the book too just the way that it's done here just feels very you know amateurish yeah like, uh, a, a lot of the stuff a lot of the stuff was really heavy-handed a good portion of the end is just super fucking corny oh like, yeah oh my god big time lord have mercy yeah and you think i hate voiceover let me tell you, I hate voiceover when it comes from like 14 different characters it alternating. Was, yeah, it got really, really cheesy at the at the end. And, you know, then I felt my eyes rolling at times. I mean, I'm sure it's all, it's all just subjective. And, and a lot of the moments maybe weren't as cheesy for some people. Like there were there were a few moments at towards the beginning, like after they all got back together. 27 years later and you saw that like camaraderie between them that felt felt very real and that felt really good uh, just going back to the Chinese scene and there were a couple other scenes when they were all together like when they first went into the house and stuff where I'm just like yeah these people feel like old friends getting back together and all that to me felt really good mm-hmm. but then of course for every one of those scenes, there was another scene where it was just like felt it didn't quite work and it felt really ham fisted. And I mean, to be, no, to, and- I, I want to just clarify that the scene with Jessica Chastain and her husband, I didn't think that it was something that shouldn't have been in the movie or anything like that. I mean, I, I understand what they were going for with that scene. And I just felt like the execution of it was not very well done. No, the execution of it is terrible. Because it's just the, the way in which the, I, I don't know who plays her husband, but like his side of the dialogue, oh man, it felt like a soap opera, but bad, even worse. It just, it felt like such an exaggeration. I think that you could, and maybe they did this in the original film, is allude to that happening to her in the, in the future, I'm, rather than showing it. Oh. Yeah, which uh, let's let's get to something else here too, because we're talking. We talked runtime a couple times. We mentioned it: two hours, forty-nine minutes, like you said, according to IMDb. And how much Pennywise is there? Very, very few. Very, very, very few how, moments. And how often is Pennywise uh, substituted for some just really lackluster? monster ideas yeah this was one of the biggest disappointments for me was was the scare moments they they were not nearly as effective this time around i thought that the it worked so much better i rewatched chapter one uh last week in just to refresh myself and the the horror moments were just so much more effective in the first the first one this one Mm -hmm. it was like there's a there's a slight creepy buildup, then you have the loud you know jump scare noise, and then CG monster. 
like comes mm-hmm. comes towards the screen. And That's let's it. be honest, like for me, I'm speaking for myself here, but those CGI monsters were kind of goofy. They were cartoonish. Yeah, they looked like cartoons. They were not well done. It was not the the level of realism on them was like not it was just non-existent they looked really bad i mean they would they would have looked fine if if this was a video game or something but in this movie i think it would have been creepier like for the leper scene for instance now that this is a character that's in the the first one as well but for some reason i think that the way that they handled that scene in the first one compared to this one it just worked better for the leper scene, you could have easily got somebody and dressed them up in makeup, you know, and made them creepy. If you wanted to do, you do, do some like CG accents to like make his nose look like it's gone in real life or something, then you can accent the costume with CG, you know, to, to accentuate certain things. But it just doesn't, uh, that didn't work. And the one of the biggest bummers was the scene involving Jessica Chastain and the, the old lady. That was a scene, I believe, that was released online. You could see the clip of that, and seeing the full the, the full sequence, I found that to be one of the creepier scenes in the movie. But it, again, the end of it is ruined after she turns into the monster, and you're just like, "Come on!" Like I, I, I think I jumped maybe one time during this movie at a jump scare, but nothing really felt made made me feel uneasy i think i think the creepiest moment the scariest moment for me was the scene with pennywise under the bleachers like that scene i thought was the best that was the most atmospheric the way that they used the lighting the the rest of them just didn't did not stick the landing and that was the that was the one thing that made it feel like pennywise yeah that's where he was like recognizable like oh yeah that's that is definitely Pennywise. To be clear, most of the scenes with Pennywise, I thought, were really well done. Um, the other one being the the scene when he's putting when he's like wiping the makeup. I guess it's like human, oh, yeah, yeah. Hu- like human make human flesh, skin color, and he's like wiping that off his face. Sort of like that scene in Batman. The 89 Batman with when Jack Nicholson puts on the flesh colored makeup and he's wiping it off. That scene I thought was really effective as well. And then you have that, and then you have these other scenes that are just like, eh. yeah, I mean, there's just a whole lot that just doesn't work. Everything with Bowers, that whole mm-hmm. like subplot thing, just. I, I don't know why. Like, why? Why is that there? I don't I'm, care. Yeah, I don't think that was in the original movie. Now, I don't, I don't know if that was in the book or not, the whole Bowers thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, that was just, that was pointless. That was a waste of time. It was a distraction. Right. Like, I, I think that it did lead to uh, one of my favorite scenes when he attacked James Ransom as, uh, as Eddie. And the the scene when he knifes him in the face and all of that and where that leads, but again, like like you said, why was it even necessary? You yeah. know, like we thought that 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 character was 
was done for, you know, in the, in the first one. So it's like, why would you need to bring him back? It's not like you needed to explain what happened to him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they, they could have left that person dead. <laughs> like, and not only that, but they bring back other people who died in the first one. And you're just like, all right. Yeah. It's okay. just the whole, it's a whole fight. Like really with sitting here and talking about, because when I came out of the movie, I was, you know, I was underwhelmed. I didn't necessarily enjoy myself too much. And, but I didn't, I wasn't, um, like aggressively against it per se until now when I'm talking about it with you, because I'm literally trying to come up with things that I enjoyed mm. about this movie. And I think there's one thing and that is when Pennywise does the, that where his head splits open with Bill Hader. Yeah. Like when they're down in the thing, mm-hmm. when his head splits open and you see all the teeth up through and you see the lights behind his head and everything like that looked great. Yeah. And that was, that was, uh, that was impressive. But outside of that, I just, and then everything with the, the folklore of them having to do this ritual. I just, I didn't care. I just didn't care. Yeah. I, th- I thought the whole ritual thing was, it, uh, again, it was like, it didn't even go anywhere. Like, it was it was just if if so much of it felt extraneous and just pointless now there were a number of things i did like i mentioned the casting but specifically i I really enjoyed the the bill Hader james ransom like that dynamic that they had i I thought that those good those two were the, the strongest characters and i thought bill Hader really killed it i mean i would just Anytime he was on screen, I was enjoying what I was watching. Yes. Him and yeah, I would agree with you. Him and James Ransom, when those two were on the screen, I was I was happy. So it was really for me, the two of them are what really did a lot to save this movie. I, I came out of mm-hmm. it I I, I, com, I, may, I have a lot of complaints with it, obviously, but I came out of it feeling like, yes, I'm underwhelmed, but still I was like it was fine. I there there was enough here for me to in, enjoy it at least on some level. Yeah. But overall, like, can I see myself watching this again? Probably not for a really long time. <laughs> when they remake it in 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. The old reboot. Yeah. Maybe, maybe any, any other things to add about it? Chapter two? Uh, no. All right. There you have it. Let's give this a score. I'm sitting at like a five and a half or six on this one. Some, somewhere around there. Ooh. Okay. I'm much lower. I'm at like a three. Oof. Two and a half. Oh boy. Yeah. Ugh. This fucking thing. That is it. Chapter two. It's in theaters right now. Let's move on. Talk about someone watching on the watch list here. I got, I got not a whole lot. This this week, okay. I, I've just been been playing a lot of video games and stuff. <laughs> nice. I did. Th- I posted three video reviews for games in the last week. Oh, so, different. yeah. So ch- check those out. You can visit uh, our YouTube channel, Film Pulse Vids, or uh, just go to the site and you'll see them listed under reviews. I did Man of Medan. I did Blair Witch, which I mentioned last week, I believe, and I did. 
Telling Lies, which is a, it's from the creator of Her Story, which was a really interesting sort of interactive experience. The, this game is sort of the same concept, but it like expands upon it a whole lot. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of good talent in this. The dude, uh, I can't remember his name. It's like something, it's like dude from Upgrade, Logan Marshall oh, okay. Green. I, I can't, it's Logan Marshall something, okay. I think. The guy that looks like Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yep. He's in it. Uh, a bunch of other solid actors are in it. So check those out. Uh, I did see Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah. Which came out earlier this year. What a disappointment this was. Wow. Mm. I heard I heard kind of not great things about it, but I'm like, it's a Godzilla movie. You know, all I'm going in for is giant monster fights, you know? And mm-hmm. I was excited. I was excited by the fact that there were so many monsters in this. Like it wasn't, they didn't just, they weren't like, oh, we're going to add one, you know, we're going to add Mothra or something. No, they added like tons of them, tons of monsters in this. Yes. And the so, wall monsters. yeah, so I was kind of excited about it, but man, what a lackluster experience this was. The, the fights are fine. They're all at nighttime. You can't see a goddamn yeah. thing. Love and it. That drives me insane. Why just have one? Just do a few of them in the day. And and yeah. worse yet, it's raining for most of the fights. So it's even harder to see what the hell's going on. <laughs> like I like uh, have some of them at nighttime, you know, so that you can show off that awesome charge up thing that Godzilla likes to do where it starts to glow, you know, in the, the, the lights go up the tail and oh, up the yeah. back show that, but have some of these in the daytime for God's sake. It's an, it's not a very good looking movie. I mean, one of the things that I enjoyed about the last Godzilla movie was like, I thought it was actually quite good looking cinematography wise. This one is just really bland, not very interesting at all. Visually. The characters are lame. There's nothing oh. going on in the story. It feels so cookie cutter. And I just didn't enjoy myself at all during this. So Great. I can't I can't recommend Godzilla King of the Monsters. I really hope that they fix what they did with this movie. I mean, it's it's really the beginning of something a lot bigger. So I'm hoping that the next one, which I believe is going to be Godzilla versus King Kong movie. I, I hope that they fix that. Yeah, probably not. I think Adam Wingard. That's my guess. I think Adam Wingard my, is doing the next one. That's my that's my gut feeling. Is they gonna fuck it up more? I don't know. I I think they could rebound. It. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I just. Okay. We'll see. This one's not very good. Uh, I saw something that was good. This is just, I guess I I want to say consider it a classic. I would imagine that's an American werewolf in London. Yeah, I consider John it a Landis, 1981. Yeah, apparently I've never seen this movie. I just figured I did, but uh, turns out I have not. This is currently available on Amazon Prime. Early on in this movie, a lot of concern on my part because I, you know, it has David Naughton and Griffin Dunn, and they're kind of doing this like European trek or whatever after college, whatever, whatever the hell you want to call it, Vision Quest whatever the fuck it is. And, you know, they're going through England here. And I just had this sneaking suspicion. I'm like, you know what? They're going to kill Griffin Dunn. 
and I'm going to be stuck with this David Naughton fucker because he's incredibly bland. And I just, I had this feeling that it was going to happen. And I was more concerned about that than like the actual werewolf showing up and murdering people. And uh, the werewolf does show up and murder people. And much to my disappointment, to my dismay, he kills Griffin Dunn and not David Naughton. And then I'm stuck with David Naughton for the rest of the goddamn movie. But uh, in spite of that, it's still pretty damn good. The effects, which I've always seen, like in clip shows, like when they're talking about like special effects in movies and mm. shit like that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the transformation yeah. sequence, you know, uh, all the effects are great. And I was, I was kind of surprised about how bloody and grisly it is. Yeah. Like I didn't know anything about his, his nightmares with like the demon mm-hmm. monster show up in army fatigues and murder his entire family. I didn't know that was a thing. That was, uh, uh, I wasn't ready for that. Let's be honest. That kind of caught me by surprise. But the, everything with the, with uh, Jenny Gutter's nurse character, like uh, that whole thing, I guess, which existed to keep him in London, just, it was so weird and ridiculous. The fact that the dude wakes up naked in the zoo and he comes home, and he's like, I woke up naked at the zoo. And she's just like, oh, glad you're back. <laughs> but, and she, at that point in time, she even knew that, like, hey, yeah, he might be a werewolf. This might actually be legit. So let me know when you see him. And she's just like, oh, whatever. She just moves on with her life. It's like, I don't know. It's just there's certain sections of this movie where it, it seemed like they had no idea what to do. So they're just like, fuck it. We'll just move on. But overall... I would I, I recommend it. It's pretty cool. damn good for a werewolf movie, you know. Yeah, I wanna I wanna revisit this sometime in the near future, maybe maybe for Halloween. The only other stuff that I've been watching is the Rambo movies, so I decided that I'm gonna rewatch the Rambo series in preparation for Last Blood coming out. Now, I've always been a fan of the Rambo movies. When I was a kid I loved Rambo. I was like obsessed with Rambo. And I don't even know that I, I mean, I guess maybe I saw some Rambo movies when I was a kid, but I never really remember it. I think that there was a cartoon show, though, and I think maybe that's why I loved Rambo so much. And there was, like, action figures and stuff. It's weird because this is not something that I've known about you. I love it. Yeah, I was, like, obsessed with Rambo. I can't imagine Little Adam. Oh, yeah. Little Adam. Rambo. Little Adam was, like, I love G.I. Joe and Rambo. I had like a whole Rambo costume. I had like the red bandana and the fake, Damn. the giant fake knife and stuff like that. And I remember I had like some guns too. Like there was a, I don't know if it was a whole playset or what, but I remember this was before toy guns looked fake. So the gun, I remember the gun that I had looked very real. The Rambo yeah. gun. Uh, so. Yeah, the Rambo series is, I mean, honestly, all the movies are not great, but they're still a lot of fun. Uh, the, It's funny because in Rambo 2 or Rambo, or I think it's called Rambo First Blood Part 2, he's going up against, he goes to Vietnam and he's, he's fighting the Viet Cong and Russia in that one. And in Rambo 3, he's fighting the Russians again, this time in Afghanistan. So he's basically teaming up with the Taliban to uh, get to fight. He fights a whole Russian army in one scene. 
And then in Rambo 4, which was the last one that came out in, I think, 2008, he went to, to Myanmar. And in Rambo 1, though, in First Blood, he's just fighting uh, freaking David Caruso and... uh. What's his name? It's he's just fighting like a couple of dudes in this like backwater town, and I just think it's funny how it ramps up so quickly. Like he goes from fighting a bunch of sheriff's deputies in some like podunk town to fighting armies, <laughs> fighting full-on countries. They're all they're all pretty decent. I mean, I I actually liked the new Rambo movie, the 2008 one. I know a lot of people weren't into that one but i uh i quite enjoyed it i haven't revisited that one just yet but i I probably will certainly before the new one comes out it's also funny uh i i posted something on twitter if you listen to the end credit theme song for first blood part two it's it's sung by frank stallone and it is the most amazing song ever Also, also, first blood part two is uh, co-written by Sylvester Stallone and and um, James Cameron. So, Brian Dennehy, Brian Dennehy, that's who he fights in first blood. I, for some reason, was, his name was escaping me. So, he fights so, and Brian Dennehy and David Caruso. That's it. Like I think I could win that fight. And there, there are a couple other dudes too that he fights. It's, it's like a. The so yeah, the premise it's a, it's, a, it's a long stretch from you know armies. Yeah, it's like you you see when you think of Rambo, you think of him going like in the jungle and fighting Russians or Viet Cong or whatever, like fighting these paramilitary groups. But you got to remember, in First Blood, he's in America, like he's just fighting a bunch of cops, like crooked cops. And he's not even really fighting them. For the most part, they're trying to kill him, and he's trying to get away. Gotcha. Revisiting them like years later, years after their release, it's it's always kind of interesting to come back to the the series, especially like Rambo Three when he's essentially teaming up with the Taliban. Yeah, that's that's weird too to go from kind of like an anti-cop origin to like pro-military. It's not so much anti-cop in the first one. It's more like he comes home from Vietnam and like all of his squad mates are dead and he's just, he's sort of, he doesn't have anywhere to go. And, and like the, when he goes into this town, they treat him like shit because he's uh, a soldier. So uh, it's yeah, that, that's right. It's kind of that, that's where that whole BS thing got started that, you know, Vietnam vets were treated like shit when they came back. Yeah. It mostly started with Rambo. It so that that plays very heavily into the first one and the second one too. Is there's a lot of that going on in in uh, First Blood Part Two as well. Even though in that one, that one pretty much entirely takes place in um, Vietnam or Thailand. Okay, gotcha. Either way, it's uh it's kind of fun revisiting these. There's there are new 4K Blu-rays that were released for all of them. So you can check them out. Okay. So I have one other one that I was able to watch. This is, is, isn't out yet. And I guess it essentially exists in two different ways. So there is like an exhibition style 
where it's it's shown on three channels. You know, I guess a, a screen on the left, screen on the right, screen in front of you. The way that I saw it is a single channel, which is, you know, streaming on the internet. And that's the Gaverni document directed by Jatovia Gary. And this is like a 40 minute experimental film. It kind of cuts between her doing on street interviews with uh, black women in Harlem, just asking them very simple question to every everyone she comes across, which is just, you know, do you feel safe in the world? Do you feel safe in your body? You know, just candid on street interviews. And then the opposite of that is Monet's Gardens in Gaverne, which has like footage of him painting. And then that's also cut with images of her in the actual gardens themselves. It's cut with images of Diamond Reynolds's uh, filming of her boyfriend, Philando Castile's murder. And it's just, it's really dynamic cutting and editing, um, creating very interesting juxtapositions, especially with like the, the footage of the black and white footage of like Monet just painting in his gardens without a fucking care in the world. He can just stand out there and paint all day and he doesn't have to worry about anything, you know? And the cut between that and with her as an artist where she has to ask a very simple question, which is, do you feel safe? Which I'm sure is something that Monet probably never thought of in his entire life because he had an entire garden at his disposal. But if you get a chance, whether it's in the three channel or the single channel, whatever one it is, I, I would definitely recommend it. And I'm really interested to actually see the, the three channel presentation of it because you can kind of get an idea watching the single channel of like what might be on the three separate screens at one time, but I'm not, you know, I have no idea. I can only guess. So with the single channel, it just periodically cuts to the other chan channels. It's just cut like a regular cut, you know what I mean? But it, you're thinking of it in a like a museum setting. Right. I can kind of visualize, you know, what what the three screens are showing by the way that it's cut. But again, that's just speculation on my part. It might be a completely different experience. I don't know. This sounds very intriguing. Indeed, it is. It's good. It's good stuff. Uh, okay, and that's the Gaverney document single channel. Single channel. Keep an eye out for that. Who knows what that, that, maybe that'll be on movie or something. Yeah, hopefully it'll get picked up somewhere. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. On the 11th, we have Chained for Life. Oh, and, yeah. I know you're pretty excited about this one. It's the one directed by Aaron Schimberg. Been waiting. Yeah, this is uh, stars Jess Wexler and Adam Pearson. Beautiful actress struggles to connect with her disfigured co-star. I think you're working on a review for that one, right? I sure am. Wow. Don't Whoa. remind me. Whoa. <laughs> Kevin working Been, on a uh, review. It's, uh, I'm working on like seven right now, and uh, it's not going well i'll just say that been there <laughs> uh, let's see we and then on the 13th we have the goldfinch i don't know what do you think are you interested in this not entirely no 
I know my wife is though, so I might be seeing it. I don't know. I'm actually not too interested in it either, but we'll see. Uh, all right, we also have Brittany runs a marathon. This looks pretty funny. Looks like a lighthearted comedy. I like Jillian Bell, so we'll probably give this a look at some point. All right. Uh, Hustlers is coming out. This is not to be confused with the Hustle that came out earlier this year. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, this is the one with Constance Wu and Jennifer Lopez. I don't really have an opinion on this one. Kind of, it's got quite a cast. It does. Uh, Freaks is coming out. This is this is one that I would uh, recommend checking out. I would recommend going into this as cold as possible. Like, don't not even a synopsis for this one. Just just go straight in. Uh, it's directed yeah. by Adam Stein and Zach Lepovsky. I talked about this. Uh, I think it was Fantasia Fest that I covered it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember this is with the, the creepy ice cream guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Stoko, Bruce mm-hmm. Dern. Mr. Snowcone. Yeah, I recommend checking this out. It's it's pretty interesting. Monos is coming out as well in limited release. This is the one from um, Alejandro Landes. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one for good things. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Uh, Depraved is coming out. That's the Larry Fessenden one. I would recommend that one as well. The Weekend is coming out, and I believe that is it for theaters. Good number of things. Number of, there's a decent number of solid films there. Yeah, yeah. Lots of, lots to check out this week. Let's see what we have on VOD. On the 10th, we have Investigation 13. That's a horror movie. We have Helmington. That's a horror movie. We have Arctic. That's a horror movie. We have Perfect Skin. That's a horror movie. We have <laughs> Bathroom Stalls and Parking Lots. That is not a horror movie. Oh, okay. Now you get a lot of horror movies and then Bathroom Stalls and Parking Lots. That, I think, might be a comedy. Wow. On the 11th, we have In the Shadow of the Towers, Stuyvesant High. This is a documentary that's on HBO. It's going to be on HBO about a, a high school that was near um, the, uh, the World Trade Centers. And I think it interviews uh, former students of that school, and they talk about their experience during 9-11. Uh, and then on the 13th, we have Three Days with Dad. That's a comedy. Scarborough, uh, that is a... I'm not sure what that is. I think it's a drama involving teachers we have haunt this is a horror movie that is actually this one this one's worth keeping an eye on it's from the um guys who wrote the quiet place sorry a quiet place and uh i i enjoyed this one this is this is one to keep an eye out on uh riot girls this is another one that i would give a probably a light recommend to it takes place in this sort of uh post-apocalyptic world where uh, adults have all died. So it's only kids left. Okay. And there's like different factions. So you have like the kind of punk rock kids in, in this one, one faction. And then you have the, like the jocks, the like the varsity kids in another faction. It's not, it's not necessarily anything we haven't seen before, but it's, it's uh, pretty well executed. Okay. 
And that's pretty much it for VOD. On Blu-ray this week, we have John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. I would highly recommend checking this out if you haven't already. Holy crap. Wick 3. Back at it. The Blu-ray is actually pretty decent, too. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff and, and uh, making of featurettes and stuff. No audio commentary, though, which is a bit of a bummer. Really? Yeah, I would I would love to hear, you know, Keanu Reeves and and um, the director, Chad uh, Stileski. I would love to hear them get more into, the, like, the nitty-gritty about making the movie. Now, fortunately, the behind-the-scenes stuff does go over a lot of that stuff. Like, there's pretty much a featurette for every big set piece in the movie and then also there's featurettes on like the new characters and the the lore like the new new things that they added to the lore and all that stuff so it's all pretty much covered in the featurette in the bonus content but i'd still like a commentary uh casino is getting a 4k release now speaking of 4k releases disney is going wild with 4k releases this week so so just strap in. There's new 4K releases of Ratatouille, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, Inside Out, Cars, Brave, Aladdin, the animated one, The Good Dinosaur. I uh, what else do we have here? A Bug's Life, Monsters University, Monsters Inc. Up, uh, The Incredibles, uh, Wreck It Ralph, Cars Two, and I think I might have got all of them a lot of disney pixar stuff getting 4k releases this week i'm not sure why i don't know they might be just like re-releases of stuff they might be trying to like offload some of their excess inventory while preparing for their uh disney plus thing one final push of that physical media before they stop make it all scarce yeah uh the dead don't die is coming out cool yeah, if you haven't seen that yet, light recommend for me. Paranormal Activity 6 Movie Collection. They made six Paranormal Activity movies. Can you imagine, like, binge-watching those movies? That'd be, like, oh, that'd be rough. I'm sure you'll do it. Uh, I don't think so. I, I foresee in 16 years' time, you revisiting that series maybe they're just not as fun as some other series though gotcha uh looks like the santa claus is also getting a new collection with uh the santa claus one two and three yes i know you've been really really wishing for that you know you fucking know arctic is also coming out and June from 2015, The Great Wall from 2016, and Split is getting a new version on Blu-ray for some reason. I don't know what's different about it. And that's pretty much it. Uh, what about Criterions this week? Oh, we have one Criterion. That's the Cloud Cap Star from 1960, directed by Ritwick Talk. Uh, this is a 2K restoration. This is not 4K. It's only a 2K. All right. And the the special features are a little slim. 
I mean, there is a, a new conversation between uh, two filmmakers. There's a stills gallery, and there's some new subtitle translations. But that's that's it. All right. I forgot to mention that Wally and Tangled are both coming Jeez. out as well. Oh, Christ. The live action Aladdin is also coming out. Good lord. And there's a five movie Jurassic Park collect collection that's coming out too. That's that's in 4K. Good God. It's interesting. It says Jurassic World five movie collection. Now, to, to me, it seems like. I mean, I guess mm. it makes more sense because you're dealing with more than just Jurassic Park. You're dealing with the other parks as well True. but also i feel like jurassic park is a more recognizable name than jurassic world yes so i don't know i mean it's yeah. cool it's cool i even think that you would go you go you gotta go to jurassic park that's what, how everyone knows it exactly and the cover of the blu-ray uses the jurassic world logo which we all know is not nearly as cool or iconic as the Jurassic Park logo. <clears throat> Correct. So, man, I don't know what they were thinking there, but fucked it up. That's what they did. I'm not Fumbled sure that it. I'm not sure that all of them are on It's a 10 disc set though, so Jesus. <laughs> yeah, 5 movies, 10 discs. So, if you're a Jurassic whatever fan, check that out. <laughs> Get over to your Best Buy. <laughs> get over to your get, up, get over to your local Sam Goody. <laughs> it's three hundred seventy-five dollars. Uh, out of curiosity, I'm wondering how much how much this is. It is uh, too much. Uh, it's sixty-eight, much. sixty-eight, sixty-six on Amazon. That's not bad. Okay, that, no, that's not for ten discs. Yeah. I can't imagine. I think that that Godzilla box set that's coming out on Criterion is like two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I mean that's a bit different. Though. It is. Yeah, I mean there's a lot more you included got, in that. You know, they hired they hired an artist. Yeah. For every single, which is incredible. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm gonna get that by the way. Like that. You I, got to. I, How I do just, you not? I decided that I I will be making that <laughs> purchase. <laughs> you have to. Even if 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 they if they send me one for free, that'd be awesome. But I'm gonna buy it regardless. So well, then you gotta you gotta you gotta get rid of the other one. You gotta do a like a, a sweepstakes type deal. Yeah, if if they give me one and I buy one, then I'll certainly give one away. And then you can give it to me. That'd be cool. You can enter. You can enter the contest. <laughs> I win the sweepstakes immediately. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine how pissed everybody would be. <laughs> Uh, all right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your feedback and questions to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And then if you have a minute, please consider reviewing us on your podcast platform of choice. That is extremely helpful. For Kevin Rakeshaw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. <laughs>